Hello, and welcome back to the Economic Review. Following the $1.9 trillion COVID-19 Stimulus Act, the Biden administration is planning what would be the first major federal tax hike in almost three decades. This proposition, which has been on the horizon since its early campaign days, would significantly raise the corporate tax rate, as well as individual rates on high earners. High levels of government spending, like the $1.9 trillion relief package, which accounts for nearly 40% of the federal budget, has created an economic climate ripe for a suite of tax hikes. According to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, the plan would see the corporate tax rate rise from 21% to 28%, reversing a significant portion of President Trump's Tax, cut and tax Cuts and Jobs Act. The policy also raises the tax rate for individuals who earn more than $400,000 annually, and sets a higher capital gains tax rate for those earning above $1 million. Although the White House has rejected an outright wealth tax, the current proposal does target almost exclusively the wealthy. Biden's proposed tax hike is targeted at individuals who earn above $400,000 annually. But don't be fooled, this plan will hurt middle and low-income individuals too. Let me explain. Whilst this plan does not raise the individual tax rate on people making less than $400,000, it does raise the corporate tax rate to 28%, which ultimately impacts workers, most of whom do not have incomes over that threshold. When taxes on businesses go up, the after-tax return on investment goes down. If a company invests in capitals like machines or software, they do it to make a return. Because of higher taxes, this return is lower. Lower return equals lower investment. Lower investment equals lower productivity. When workers are less productive, they aren't as valuable to the business, and therefore cannot be paid as much. Companies also have fewer incentives to hold on to their workers. It is commonly accepted among economists that an increase in the tax rate decreases wages, which also decreases labor force participation. Middle and low-income individuals would pay for the corporate tax increase through lower wages and much, much worse job prospects. The Congressional Budget Office estimates that workers bear 25% of the burden of corporate tax increases. While it seems like increasing taxes on businesses only impacts faceless entities and saves individuals, it does exactly the opposite. It is now easier than ever for a corporation to move overseas and to take their jobs with them. Workers, in comparison, are not nearly as mobile. This tax increase will see unintended consequences beyond that, beyond what anyone can predict. The bill also implements a higher tax rate on individuals earning over $400,000. Common argument for taxing the wealthy is that they do not need the amount of money that they have. This argument is absurd for a myriad of reasons, the most obvious one being that it is just morally indefensible. Just because somebody owns something that they do not need does not automatically make it the property of the state. Say, if you own an old car that you have not used in a long time, that does not mean that the government has any right to seize it. In the same way, the money that billionaires have is their money. They can choose to spend it, invest it, or even just save it. But under no circumstances is the government entitled to take higher portions of their rightfully earned money 
under the pretense that they do not need it. They only have that money because people willingly gave it to them. We all have access to roads, public parks, the judicial system, protection by law enforcement, public schools, and so on. So why is it then that the top 10% should bear an even greater percentage than the 70% of the bill that they already incur? In fact, the whole bottom 50% of earners account for only 3% of total tax revenue. Is it fair that one half of Americans pay for almost nothing while being entitled to the same services, if not more, than the other half? Remember, the people at the top didn't get there by stealing money from other people. They worked incredibly hard to develop a desirable skill set that the market required, took out large loans to attend a university that they paid back, or risked everything to start a business, which employed others and offered products or services that people demanded. They should not be penalized even further for their success. All this is not even accounting for net benefit or contribution. As of 2013, the lowest quintile of earners in the United States earned $15,800 and paid $800 in taxes on average, giving them an effective tax rate of about 5%. However, they also received $9,600 on average in federal transfers, through things such as the Earned Income Tax Credit. This means that the net amount they contributed is negative $8,800, making their effective tax rate negative 56%. This does not just ring true for the poorest of Americans either. When the analysis is conducted for the middle quintile of Americans, their net effective tax rate is negative 15%. Those in the second highest quintile contribute about 3% of their income in taxes. In fact, it is only once we get to the highest quintile that people start contributing much at all. The upper, the upper middle and wealthy class already pay for virtually everything in the United States. Tax increases only impact the wealthy because they are the only ones actually paying for anything at all. If you are born poor in the United States, that does not mean that you will inevitably be poor in the future. <clears throat> Public high school is available to all children. After completing high school, we all have the ability to enroll in college and get a federal student loan, regardless of how rich or poor you were beforehand. This means that nearly every American has the opportunity to finish high school, take out a federal loan, and go to a college to pursue a well-paying degree, <clears throat> stay out of crime, get a job, and not have kids out of wedlock until they are financially stable. Despite all this being available to almost every American, Regardless of where they started in life, the bottom half of Americans contribute nearly nothing in terms of taxes to a society from which they receive full benefits. Yet, we now expect the wealthy to contribute even more, as much as 60% of their income, to help further this already progressive system? In what world is this morally defensible? The tax plan also implements a, quote, donut tax on Social Security. As of now, there are no Social Security taxes owed on income above $137,700. A donut tax would essentially mean that after the current limit, income would be Social Security tax-free, but only up to a certain threshold, after which it would become taxable again. For example, under Joe Biden's plan, this amount would be $400,000, which means that if you earn $1 million annually, 
You and your employer will pay a combined 12.4% on the first $137,000, then no Social Security taxes on the next $263,000, and then a further 12.4% on the last $600,000. Although the current $137,000 limit is indexed, meaning it increases each year to account for nominal wage increases, the $400,000 threshold would not be. Each year, because of inflation, the $400,000 floor would get smaller and smaller, and be phased out over three decades. Although Social Security taxes would only be raised on Americans earning above that threshold in 2021, this will effectively shrink from year to year. $400,000 today is only equal to $250,000 in 15 years. Because it, is, because it is not indexed, this tax hike will ultimately directly increase taxes on the middle class, just in a few years rather than right now. The use of tax hikes as a means of financing unprecedented levels of government spending to stimulate the economy, it's a deeply flawed proposition, however. The Reagan administration successfully revived the American economy after a major recession by reducing income as well as corporate taxes and eliminating unnecessary government spending. Output in the economy saw a positive shift and the unemployment rate fell drastically. The COVID-19 pandemic, which has decimated much of the economy for nearly a year, has seen many businesses shut their doors, and countless individuals out of work. Nearly every sector of the economy has been hit, and the current administration is tasked with a major role in rebuilding it. As history has shown us time and time again, the solution lies in ensuring greater ease in the creation of wealth as opposed to taxing the available wealth at higher levels. Although some have resumed their lives as they were before the pandemic, many others have remained unemployed or in a dire financial condition. The government's solution to aggressively tax the wealthy, which are the driving force in investment, isn't sustainable. A sustained decrease in investment over time, both by businesses and wealthy individuals, will inevitably have detrimental long-term effects on capital formation. Rather than organizing further elaborate stimulus packages for short-term boosts, it is crucial that the Biden administration focus on the creation of wealth and sustained economic growth. Critics of trickle-down economics often suggest that wealth cannot be equitably redistributed if taxes on the aren't increased on the wealthy, but this is a rather parochial outlook on the economy. <clears throat> trickle-down economics doesn't aim to siphon wealth from the rich to the average American by giving them handouts, but rather by increasing economic activity and therefore tax revenue. In the 1920s, during the tenure of Presidents Harding and Coolidge, tax rates were gradually reduced from 77% to 24%. Whilst this would likely seem counterproductive to proponents of a more progressive economic system, this reduction actually increased tax revenue from, individual, from individuals who earned over who earned six figures from three hundred million dollars to seven hundred million dollars, when the wealthy, <clears throat> as well as corporations, prosper and invest, the results are beneficial to Americans across all demographics. The coronavirus pandemic is arguably the worst recession that the country has faced in several decades, and the onus is on the current administration to rebuild the economy. It is essential that we draw upon historical evidence which has repeatedly shown us 
that tax hikes are an ineffective tool in our pursuit to rekindle the flames of an economy hit by an unprecedented crisis. Thank you so much for tuning into the Economic Review. We'll be back soon with the latest.